Um, so yeah, we've been in Acts a year and a half, and we are getting close to the end, the next, next two weeks, but I, I don't know about you, I, I'm a guy that likes closure when it comes to things. Do y'all remember the show Lost from a few years back? Uh, it, it like gripped the country. Uh, I know I watched it. I watched it. It was like six or seven seasons. I forget. I, I watched it. We loved it. My wife and I loved it. We watched, uh, we watched it regularly. And then it got to the finale, right? And if you're familiar with the show, my opinion, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, it's your own problem. Um, the finale stunk. I mean, I thought it was horrible. Uh, I, I, I thought it, 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 left, it gave me no closure. I, was, I, had so many, I had more questions when it was done than I had before. I, I was like, this was terrible. Uh, and that, some of you may have contrary opinions to that, but whatever. You can, you're free to be wrong. Uh, but yeah, it was terrible. And, and for me, a guy likes closure. I'm like, man, I just wasted six years of my life that I'm not going to get back, you know? And uh, while it was entertaining, it just left me with no closure. Well, if you're like me and you like closure, the end of Acts is going to be tough for you uh, because Luke is going to finish talking about Paul, and we're going to finish Acts with so many more questions than we're going to have answers to. Uh, like, did he get to leave Rome and come back? Acts doesn't answer that. We looked at some church history to try to figure that out, but Acts doesn't answer. Does he actually get to preach before Caesar? Does, uh, does he make it to Spain? He wants to get to Spain. Like, uh, how does this thing play out? And we're just going to read it. And Luke just ends it, and we're like, huh? You know, where's the rest? You know, and, uh, But I want to argue that by God's Grace, his sovereignty, that it has ended exactly how it's supposed to end. While we might not have a lot of closure to it, I think it's intentionally left with kind of an open end to say that the Holy Spirit is still doing works in his people. He's, he's still moving in the life of the church, and, he, and he's still working in, in ways to call people to salvation and repentance and faith, and, and still working in believers' lives to, to call them to steps of obedience and faithfulness to his work in, in the world. And so we'll spend the next two weeks talking about that. Now, th now we had the elder reading that started in verse 17. I want to back up to give, to give what little closure we'll have uh, and give you some closure on his time on the, uh, on the island of Malta. So, so let's read first, uh, verses 1 through 6 first, okay? It says this, After we were brought safely through, remember they had a shipwreck, if you weren't here last week, they had, they had a shipwreck and they landed on the island of Malta. And, uh, and remember, God told them they would safely arrive, uh, all of their crew, um, and none of them would die. So they, they make it to Malta. So that's where we are. After we were brought safely through, when we learned that the island was called Malta, the native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all, because it had begun to rain and was cold. And when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on the fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. And when the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer. Though he has escaped from the sea, justice has not allowed him to live. He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or to suddenly fall down dead. But when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. First point I want us to get from today is that God protects his servants. I mean, can you imagine Paul's situation here? He just 
was 14 days in the craziest storm he's probably ever been in. They hadn't eaten. Uh, they, they finally eat so that they have the strength to, when their boat does crash, they can make it to an island. They get to this island. that The islanders show them great hospitality and that they started a fire for them. Now, that, that's important because, uh, you know, fires weren't lit as easily as they are for us today. So they light this fire. They, they help them because it's cold. It's, it, it's miserable for them. And and so uh, they're showing them great hospitality. And I'm assuming Paul is gathering wood for the fire, throwing it on the fire. And as he throws it on the fire, a viper latches to his hand. Now, I don't know what kind of snake this was. I, I, my only recollection was, uh, you know, uh, there was a, a particular kind of snake. I, I went to, to, on a mission trip in Belize when I was in college. And for whatever reason, the guy wanted to take us through the jungle to these kind of ruins, these Aztec ruins. So he gave us a machete, and we're just chopping through the forest to get to this, this place. And he says, hey, there's this one particular snake that you need to watch out for. It's called the two-step snake. I said, oh yeah, why is it called that? Because when you get bit, you will live for two steps. You get one, two, you're dead. And uh, I don't know what kind of viper this was that bit Paul, but he, he comes up from the fire snake, and he's like, oh, he shakes it off. <laughs> That's not the response I would have had. I would have screamed like a little girl. I don't know, ah, you know, I don't know. He just shakes it off into the fire cooks it and eats it i don't know what he does with it and uh um and, and so the people on the island of malta they're like this was a bad dude like like justice the universe has not allowed him to live he he survived the, the sea but now he's gonna die because of the viper and um but he doesn't he doesn't they're waiting around this is kind of watching waiting for him to kill over and he's just like ah, what what's why are you looking at me you right and he, he goes on and then the people begin to say he must be a god now a couple of things here um god protects his people obviously we know nothing can thwart the plans of god paul was set to preach the gospel in rome it didn't matter if it was shipwreck or snake bites it does not matter nothing was going to stop the mission of god Nothing was going to stop the plans of God. Nothing was going to keep Paul from accomplishing what God told him he was going to accomplish. That's important for us because we know God has ordained our days. He has set them. He, he knows the day that we are going to die. And nothing is going to thwart his plans over our life. So, so we can know as we are faithful and obedient and walking according to his way, he will protect us in those things. That, that no, no harm will, will befall us uh, that is not given to us by the hand of God. It doesn't mean everything's going to be cupcakes and rainbows we may experience hardship we may experience disease we may experience persecution all of that but here's what we need to understand god will be with us and he will protect us from anything that is not supposed to come to us by his hand we can trust that we know that to be true the other thing i i, I want us to kind of see here is the the vigor in which paul stays focused on his mission shipwreck and snake bitten did not distract him from the mission that god had laid out for him uh in that he continued to proclaim the gospel to the people on malta he he healed uh one of the people on the island he 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 was he was faithful to walk in obedience to the lord even in his time there on the island so so even, even the craziness of of being shipwrecked and snake bit it didn't distract him from the mission at hand now I'm going to be honest with you. 
I'm not sure I would have that same resiliency had I walked through the same things Paul walked through. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would definitely be the power of the Holy Spirit that would keep me from complaining and grumbling about that situation. For me, I'd be like, seriously? I just survived a shipwreck and then a viper bites me? Come on, right? Like, what is the deal? And, and don't, isn't that natural for us? I think so easily for us, we slip into, quickly slip into grumbling and complaining. Though we mock the Israelites in the desert, we model them more often than we model Paul, right? And, and, and even, even yesterday, I'm, I'm pressure washing my deck. I filled it with gas. It, 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 it turned off. I'm like, come on, right? Little things that just lead us quickly to grumbling and complaining. And, it, 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 you know, instead of trusting in whatever comes to us is coming to us by the hand of God, we can trust him in that and that he's going to protect us and be with us no matter what befalls us, right? He will be with us. He, he will carry us through. Now, now that, that's important as we kind of live out our days because uh, obviously, you know, there's going to be some shipwrecks. We talked about the storms last week. There's, there's going to be some difficult times. But here's my fear. My fear is that what uh, is more dangerous to us as believers is not shipwrecks and snake bites, but success, and comfort, and uh, material things, and relational good so to speak and, and that we slip into this kind of mode of um, not having to depend upon God that we get we get lulled to sleep by the things of the world so quickly um, that 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 we, we we're not even attentive anymore to God at work around us our eyes are not even open to the ways that we should be obedient to him. We don't need God to protect us. We've tried to protect ourselves through all the ways that we, we put on our life, whether that's, you know, we, we, we've got retirement or, we, or we've got a security system at home. We, we stock our homes full of guns. I mean, not in South Florida, but, you know, you know we're going to protect ourselves. And we, we, we so often don't uh, need God anymore. And I would say because we're not doing anything in our life that would require us to need protection, we're living a very safe and comfortable life. And so I think for us, the danger is, and even in that safe and comfortable life, um, I have a patio to, dry, to, to, to pressure wash, right? Um, we complain quickly. What are you doing, God? I'm, you know the gas ran out of my pressure washer woe is me right i had 10 more minutes you couldn't last it for 10 more minutes you see how silly we 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 get so bent out of shape over things that really don't even matter things that really don't even matter and so for us i want us to be encouraged and okay what is my life set to that requires the protection of god in it what what obedience to god am i stepping into that would require god to 
protect me uh, in, in, in walking fearlessly and, and boldly for him? Do we, and, and trusting that he will protect us when we take those steps of, of faithfulness. Now, I, I want to read on. I want to read in uh, Acts 17. I want to skip to 17. They finally make it to, to Rome, and it's kind of south of Rome, Rome city. And, you know, Rome kind of was a big area at this point. And so they, he gathered a lot of Jewish leaders uh, around him. And this is where we're picking up in verse 17. After three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they had gathered, he said to them, brothers, though I have done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. When they had examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for the death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar, though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I have asked to see you and speak with you since it is because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. And they said to him, we have received no letters from Judea about you and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you, but we desire to hear from you what your views are for with regard to this sect we know that everywhere it is spoken spoken against uh, okay i think we see here also secondly that god provides opportunities for his servants for his faithful servants he provides his opportunities primarily to herald the gospel primarily to proclaim the goodness of god to a world that doesn't know him that i think god provides us with great opportunities to make much of Jesus for, for those that are walking according to his way that are his faithful servants and I think we see that with Paul and, and, and particularly I want us to get to that Paul's situation doesn't dictate his view on the opportunities God has given him again if I'm in the situation I'm imprisoned I'm woe is me I'm not thinking about okay how is God going to use me while I'm in prison but that's what Paul's doing. He's, he's looking at this as an opportunity to make much of Jesus where he is. It's like this, the adage that says, bloom where you are planted. Well, he was planted in prison. And, and, and he's being used of God regardless of the situation he is to make much of Jesus. And, and, and I want to I I back this up because uh, we're going to see that he wrote several letters while he was in this imprisonment, one of which we just studied a, a, a few months ago in Colossians uh, that he wrote while he's in, in prison here. And, and so uh, I'm going to reference a couple of those. But what, what I really want us to get again is Paul in a situation where he could be full of grumbling and complaining is not complaining. He's proclaiming the gospel. He, he's he's seeing his situation as, OK, you have me in this season for a reason what is it and i want to be faithful to proclaim the goodness of god today in whatever my situation is now look, look at this uh look at what he wrote in colossians colossians 4 2 through 6 say this continue steadfastly in prayer being watchful in it with thanksgiving look at this verse 3 at the same time pray also for us now He's asking the church in Colossae to pray for him. Now look at what he asked them to pray for. Pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison. 
or or I am in chains, that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak. So Paul doesn't ask the church to pray for his freedom, for his release from prison. He asked the church to pray that God would open doors for him to make clear the gospel. Isn't that incredible? I'm, again, probably our bent would be like, pray that I get out of this mess. Pray that they let me go. That's not what Paul asked them to pray for. He said, pray that I can make clear the gospel. Pray that, that God would open doors that I can communicate and herald the good news of the gospel. Isn't that incredible? God is, is, is using Paul in prison to, to be a faithful witness to him. Paul is taking advantage of the opportunities that God has given him while in chains. That's a big deal. Now, uh, look again. I want to I show you again Paul making the best of a bad situation. Uh, Philemon 8 uh, through 10 says this. Accordingly, again, this is another letter he's, he's writing from prison. Accordingly, though I am bold enough in Christ to command you to do what is required, yet for love's sake I prefer to appeal to you, I, Paul, an old man and now a prisoner or in chains, also for Christ Jesus, I appeal to you for my child Onesimus, whose father I became in my imprisonment. Onesimus was likely led to Christ by Paul. He was discipled for sure by Paul. And, and, and Paul is writing to Philemon, who, who was the slave owner. Onesimus was a slave. He owned, uh, Philemon owned, uh, was the slave master for Onesimus. And he's writing to Philemon to say, hey, he is a brother. Treat him as a brother. And so, so think about the work that Paul is accomplishing through um, uh, seeing Onesimus come to Christ uh, seeing him discipled and seeing him established in the church as a faithful brother and used to advance the kingdom in the churches there in, in, uh, in, in Ephesus in, the, in that area. All while Paul's in prison, God is using him in this way. What an incredible testimony. And then, uh, lastly, I want, I want to show you uh, just how he was used uh, with the Roman guard. If you back up to verse 16 in, in chapter 28, it says, And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. So likely the Roman uh, guard was put on watch for Paul, likely chained to Paul. Uh, in, in many instances, now Paul was given more freedom than a lot of prisoners were given based on his 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 character honestly and uh and 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 his you know he was going to do the right thing and and so but but they would often be chained to him now oftentimes people say there was that 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 paul was chained to a guard i prefer to say that the 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 guard was chained to paul (laughs) like could you imagine uh being the guard now i always wonder if they're like um you know, if they're enjoying Paul continuing to proclaim the gospel to them or they're begging for shift change, I don't know. You know, like get me away from this guy, right? Uh, but, but ultimately, Paul was on watch by this garden. And, 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 uh, and what I want to show you, I want to show you in Philippians 1, 12 through 14. Look what it says. It says, I want you to know, brothers, that what has happened to me, his imprisonment, his shipwreck, his snake bite, his imprisonment, has really served to advance the gospel. His situation of just 
hardship after hardship after hardship, his persecution, his imprisonment has been used to serve to advance the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to all the rest that my imprisonment or my chains is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having become confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. What a ministry. What a ministry. You know, and if you're thinking about, well, what's my ministry to the, to, to the Lord? What am I called to do? How many of you, if you had a op- list of options, would sign up for shipwreck, snake bite, and imprisonment? And yet God used these years and situation in Paul's life to do incredible things in Christendom. Many of the letters that we have in our New Testament was birthed out of these days. What what an incredible testimony of God being faithful to give opportunities to us regardless of the situation that we find ourselves in. Now, what does that mean for us? Listen to me, believer. God will be faithful to give you opportunity. You may say, no, I don't know that how many opportunities God has given me. I think he's given you opportunities. We just have to have eyes to see them. Our eyes need to be opened to the realities that God is opening doors for us to step through in faithfulness all the time. That, 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 he, that, that we are aware, again, that we're not so lulled to sleep by our jobs or our to-do lists or, or our whatever it is that, that we can't see what God wants us to step in in faithfulness. Now, now, here's where I think a lot of Christians get sidetracked because so often for us, we like to see uh, our involvement and what God is calling us to in like stints of 10 years and 20 years. It's like, okay, I'm going to be faithful to God and this is what it's going to mean for me. This is the platform that I'm going to have or this is the influence that I'm going to have or th- this is what I think God wants me to be, to be when I grow up, you know, or whatever. And, and the, 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 we see it in like these kind of 20-year increments. But in, in reality, we should be coming to Christ on a daily basis to say, in what way can I be faithful to you today? In what way can I walk in obedience to you today? Instead of seeing, and the years will take care of themselves, right? I mean, you'll get 10 years and 20 years down the road, and if you're faithfully waking up and saying, how can I be obedient to you today? You'll be in 10 and 20 years where God wants you to be. But for us, we have to have a regular obedience a regular to say, okay, God, I want to be aware of the opportunities that you're going to give me to proclaim the gospel today. Today. And, and, and we would be able to walk in that. And, and, and our eyes would be open to that. This is another reason why it's so important for us to spend daily time with the Lord. Uh, th- that we would open our Bibles and we would pray, that we would set our heart and our mind on the things that are eternal instead of being so caught up on the things that are temporary. There's no way we're going to be obedient in the temporary things when our eyes are, are, are just so caught up on the things of the world. And so if we shift our eyes to seeing eternity in heaven and, 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 and beholding Christ and asking him to give us eyes to see the opportunities to step out in faithfulness and obedience in everyday work, then he's going to move in us in, in, in that way. 
But we, we got to pray that God open our eyes. Because so often, opportunity passes us by and we don't even realize it. Or maybe we realize it and it's too late. It's gone. It's like, ah, oh, maybe I could have talked about Jesus there. Right? But may we be a people that are ready. Our eyes are open. Like we, we, we are like, okay, I know God's going to give me opportunities. And that opportunity may look like a server at, at lunch. It may look like your neighbor coming over to borrow some sugar. <laughs> it may look like uh, you getting to pour into your kids or grandkids. It may look like uh, a coworker that is hitting rock bottom and, and has no hope in their life. It, it may look like you actually use your social media to, to make Christ famous, not, not participate in the social wars online so how can we then walk faithfully in obedience every day we pray that God would open our eyes we sit in his presence and say God let me see the opportunities and give me the boldness to step out in those opportunities now I know what's natural for us is to be filled with fear so I want us to walk through this next passage of scripture and we're going to kind of deal with that uh, verse 23 when they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. Uh, that's important. He's using the word of God uh, to proclaim Jesus. That's important for us too. And some were convinced by what he said, but look at this, but others disbelieved. And agreeing among them, I'm sorry, and disagreeing among themselves, they departed after Paul had made one statement. The Holy Spirit was right in saying to your fathers through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart has grown dull and with their ears they can barely hear and their eyes they have closed lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and turn and I would heal them therefore let it be known to you that the salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles they will listen the last point for this morning is that God will accomplish his work through his servants he will accomplish his work through his servants. Now, I want to point particularly to the fact that some believed in the message of Paul and many didn't. Uh, does that mean that Paul was not successful? No, it does not mean that. Paul was called to be faithful. Paul was called to faithfully step out and do what God had called him to do faithful faithfully proclaim the gospel that's what he was called to do some believed and some did not believe uh, but what defines success for paul is not conversions what defines success for paul is faithful obedience now why is that important well that, that's usually important because uh it's important for me in a lot of ways i can stand up here and preach the gospel and be able to sleep at night even if there are people that hear that gospel and reject it, how can I sleep at night? Because I know it's not my job to convert anyone. I don't have that power in me. 
It's my job and your job to faithfully proclaim the gospel. And, and the Holy Spirit does the work of regenerating a heart, uh, giving blind eyes sight, bringing a dead heart to life. I don't have the power to do that. I don't have it within me to do that. I could, I could spit and scream and be passionate and a, a heart still be stone hard to the gospel because I don't have any power in me to convert anyone. It, it, we are dependent upon the Holy Spirit to come and open blind eyes so that they would see the cross and walk in faith and repentance. So what does that mean for us? That means, A, uh, we can't fail. The only way we can fail is by not walking in obedience to God. So when you proclaim the gospel and people reject it, when you proclaim the gospel and the truth about Christ and you're labeled a bigot, when you stand on God's word with controversial issues like LGBT community or, or, or anything else in our culture that would be contrary to God's word, and, and you are shunned by places at work. I know there's faithful members of our church that are turning down promotions because of what it will cost them in light of what they would have to do in, as, as far as cultural movements in our, in our world. So I know you're experiencing some of this persecution and, and, and hardship for staying on, on God's word. So what makes us a failure? The only thing that makes us a failure is not stepping out in obedience and faithful, faithfulness doing what God has called us to do. Uh, God will accomplish his work. And we see that in that what Paul goes on to quote from Isaiah is saying, this was prophesied about you. You would hear, but you wouldn't hear. And, and, and you would see, but you would not perceive and because of your hardness of heart, the gospel then moves on from the Jews and goes to the Gentiles, which we have great reason to be thankful for. And so, so because of the hardness of heart of the Jews, the gospel then spread to all nations, that all nations would hear the gospel and have the opportunity to be grafted in to the to, to tree, to the tree of Israel, to the promises given unto Abraham. And what God is accomplishing here, he is, is promises that he made to Abraham. If you'll remember when he made the Abrahamic covenant, what he made, the promises he made to Abraham is that he would make uh, Abraham a blessing to all nations. Well, now he's doing it. Now he's fulfilling it. I mean, look at our church alone and how many nations are represented here. Don't you think that the gospel has been a blessing to all nations? And what Revelation says is that there will be representatives from every tribe, tongue, nation, and language around the throne of God proclaiming, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. And so because of the rejection of the gospel and the hardness of heart, then the gospel is open to the Gentiles and therefore the nations so that we might be grafted in and be around the throne of God forever. God will accomplish his work through his servants. Rejection does not dictate success in the kingdom of God. So, what does that mean for us? That means we can walk in obedience with great boldness and faithfulness because we cannot fail. You cannot fail. So do what God is calling you to do. Pray that He would show you what do you want me to do? God, my yes is on the table. 
give me eyes to see opportunity. Give me, what are you calling me to do in my life? I think a good practice, I've always said this, every, every believer should pray about whether they're called to be, uh, to, to go missionally. I've actually changed that. I, I think actually you should pray whether God is calling you to stay here or not. You need permission to stay at home because he's called us to go. So we should constantly be going to Christ and saying, what do you have for me today? You want, you want me to sh- show me the opportunities you have for me today? Would you like for me to, to go to the nations? What would you have me do, God? Because I want to walk faithfully with you. I want to walk in obedience to you. And so we, who are naturally filled with fear, we're naturally filled with great fear over what, what the cost of sharing Christ and walking in faithful obedience. I don't think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's an irregular thing to have someone really passionate immediately and constantly about sharing the gospel. I think most of us are like, ah, yeah, I know I need to do it. But man, when it, the time comes, I just get so riddled with fear. And I, and I don't want to be rejected and I don't want to be you know, whatever. I don't want to be unfriended. <laughs> I, I don't want to, you know, I'm just fearful. Again, for us, church, we don't, we have no reason to be fearful. We have ample opportunity. A lot of, a lot of what's happening in our day is churches are getting all chicken little about the, 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 um, the demise of our culture. If it was even godly to begin with, it's certainly tracking away from the lord a lot of churches are saying all right the sky is falling let's holy huddle and protect ourselves from the evil world out there i think that is the wrong approach i think the approach for us is to say we then because we now know that god is doing a work in the church to purify the church he's given us greater opportunity to proclaim the gospel and regardless of the situations that come we will have more opportunity to be faithful and to proclaim the goodness of christ in all those situations, be it prison, be it shipwrecked or snake bite, we will have ample opportunity to proclaim the gospel. Uh, I, I remember this. I'll, I'll close with this story. Uh, I've I recently heard this about uh, there was a Marine Corps commander in the Korean War named Chesty Puller, and uh, and, and Puller's unit was engaged in the, in, in the Korean War, and the, 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 there was troops coming from his north and uh so he was fighting him from the north or whatever and then all of a sudden he had someone say hey they have flanked us on the right side and so the korean army had moved over to their to their right side and it wasn't long he had another scout came and say hey now they flanked us on the left side and uh and you know they're still kind of strategizing trying to figure it out and in the meantime they 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 got the last one to say they've got us surrounded and so the Korean army had, had surrounded Puller's unit uh, of Marines entirely. And I love what Puller said. He says this, by gosh, I cleaned that up. He says, by gosh, they won't get away from me this time. And he says, now we can shoot them from every direction. And I think that's what we, the mentality that we need as the church. Uh, yes, we're surrounded. Yes, we're a remnant of of God-worshiping people in in a lost land. Yes, we are a small light in a dark country. But by gosh, they can't get away from us. We have every opportunity to proclaim the gospel. You throw a rock, you're going to hit 10 lost people. 
So God has given us ample opportunity. The people you do business with, the teachers at your children's school, your, your own children probably, your neighbors, we have ample opportunity to proclaim the gospel. And we cannot fail. Simply walking in obedience to him, whether it's rejected or accepted, success is the proclamation of God's word into the whole world. And may his glory cover the world as the water covers the seas. And we know that God will be with us. He will protect us. We might get labeled things. We might get kicked off of Facebook. We, we might get, uh, not get promotions that we thought we had earned and deserved. But our God will be faithful to us. He will protect us. And ultimately, we will gain the greatest reward, him forever. Church, may we be a people that take our eyes off of the temporary comforts of the world and walk in faithful obedience to him, saying that our eternal reward is greater than anything we could gain here by complying to the world's demands. May we be a people that are looking for opportunities to be faithful to him faithful to proclaim the gospel and, and to see the world as it is without hope and the only hope possible for them is Christ crucified. So may we proclaim Christ crucified in all that we do, faithful to do so until we see him face to face. Let's pray together. Father, God, would you protect us from shipwrecks and snake bites and that's more metaphorical for that is rare, but certainly we have our own trials to deal with, cancer and COVID and rebellious children and financial issues. And so, Father, I pray your protection over us as we walk in your ways. And may we see whatever situation we have found ourselves in as an opportunity to proclaim the gospel. I pray that, it, uh, Father, you would protect us from the greater evils of comfort. <laughs> that we would not be lulled to sleep by the enemy. To have a purposeless, blind, temporary life. That we would not waste these days. That we would proclaim the gospel. We would teach our children the gospel. We would teach our church the gospel and that you would be exalted in all those things. I pray, God, that as we do step out on those opportunities that you give us, that you would fill us with the boldness that can only come from your Holy Spirit. We don't have in ourselves the courage that we can muster up to walk faithfully daily with you we need the power of the Holy Spirit to do a Peter-like work in us who denied you three times but then was used of you to pastor churches, plant churches, proclaim the gospel, and ultimately die a martyr's death. Would you give us that kind of boldness that's not built on our own personalities, whatever that personality may be, but that is grounded in in the power of the Holy Spirit and that we don't have to be um, abundantly outgoing to be faithful in this mission we don't have to be um, 
lacking of all fear to be faithful in this mission. We just simply have to see the opportunity that you open for us and step in it. Knowing that you're even faithful to help us give us words to say. Bring to our minds the scriptures and and the truths and clarity of the gospel. And knowing that it's not up to us. If I can talk someone into it, someone else can talk someone out of it. It's not up to us. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the supernatural work of saving a soul. And so would you fill us with great boldness? Give us wisdom to see the opportunities and give us boldness to step in them and take advantage of them. Let our situations not blind us to opportunities. But may any obstacle be turned into an opportunity. You can do that. We know you can. God, again, for the non-believer watching or in this room, I pray, God, that you would reveal to them that we don't get to heaven in our own power, in our own morality, in our own good deeds. But Romans says there is no one good, no, not one. There's only one way to be made right with God forever. And it's by trusting in Jesus Christ and his work on the cross. I pray that you would save today. That you would give eyes to see and ears to hear. And that we would not be blind, not perceiving, and deaf and not hearing. And our hearts would not be not understanding. But that we would walk in your ways. We would see and hear and understand and worship you and live our days to make Jesus famous. We pray all this in his name. Amen. Church, we're going to.